Welcome everyone to episode four of the Speak Up by Avalon Bay podcast. In this episode, we are joined by three Avalon Bay associates, Christine Coots, Zach Ellis, and Tony Weathers, as they share with us their journey into mindfulness techniques and how they can help us all move forward and stay calm in these difficult times. Their inspirational stories encourage us to slow down, take a breath, and try something new. Hi, and and thank you for being here. My name is Jenny Rivera, and I am the Senior Director of Human Resources with Avalon Bay. And today I'm joined by Christine Coots, and we're going to be talking a little bit about her journey with breathwork and how it has helped her. So hi, Christine. Hi, thank you, Jenny. My name is Christine Coots. I'm a community consultant with Avalon Bay, and I work in the Connecticut, New York region. So I work in southwestern Connecticut, and I've been with the company for a little over a year, so at least about 13 months. Today, I'm excited to talk to you a little bit about your journey with breathwork. And for those listeners who may not be familiar with what breathwork is, I was hoping that maybe you could talk a little bit about what it means to you. What's your definition? Sure. So it seems a little funny to be talking about the most like fundamental thing that we need is breathing, but most of us don't really think about our breathing. So to me, to intend intentionally use breathing to either relax or to recenter or kind of reframe a situation. I, I just consider breath work just different technique with your breathing in order to reach a goal of, like I said, relaxation or just to kind of recenter yourself in maybe a stressful situation. So let's talk a little bit about what led you to breath work. How did you find it? So it's kind of a series of things. After I graduated college, I actually went to school for personal fitness training. So I have my certification in personal training and nutrition and also stretch therapy. So when it comes to working with my clients at the gym, I, you know, ask them to control their breathing when they're going through like a movement or going through a stretch. And so that's kind of where I started to think about the importance of your breathing. And then later on with uh, meditation, mindfulness coach, her name is Deborah Lauren. I work with her um, once a week with several exercises and just dabbling into a little bit of yoga. Breathing is super important for that as well, just to kind of relax and kind of just get into whatever headspace you're trying to get into. Breathing is super important. So I know you said that you've tried a number of different techniques. What is your favorite breathwork technique? What's your go-to one? One that's very popular and probably the first one that I ever learned and really just me kind of doing my research, the 478 method, I would say a lot, it's probably the most common exercise that people do. You inhale for a four count, hold your breath for seven seconds, and then exhale for eight seconds. And it's pretty hard to do when you're very beginning. Any kind of count is hard to do in the beginning when you haven't controlled your breath before, like mindfully controlled your breath. And what I feel is one of the most important parts of this exercise is the exhale. When we breathe in, our heart rate increases. 
when we exhale, our heart rate slows down. So if you're trying to relax, that exhale is really important to think about and try to make it as long as you can. And this four, seven, eight exercise, the exhale is twice as long as the inhale. And so I definitely feel relaxed. I feel recentered and ready to kind of move on to the next thing after I do that exercise. That's great. So when it comes to how this has really helped you at work or at home, could you talk a little bit about that? Yes. For me personally, I pay attention to my breath more in in the moment. Like let's say if, for example, my boyfriend and I have an argument or if uh, most recently my, my dog was sick over the weekend and so that's very nerve wracking. And so kind of in the moment is when I tend to practice my breathwork exercises. And it's really amazing because in just a minute minute and a half even, you can really slow your heart down and calm the mind and take it off of everything that's going on because you're focusing on your breathing. You may be counting or just kind of focusing on maybe your movements. And so it could be just really, really short period of time and you can just feel better or get to where you can feel back to your 100%. So it doesn't take an hour a day to focus on your breath work. Exactly. And that's what my, for anyone who may be a little nervous to start something like this, or maybe hesitant to maybe think, oh, is it really going to have that much of an effect on me? Just, you know, taking a deep breath. Is that really going to help me feel better about, you know, this dramatic situation? And it, I believe it really does start just fundamentally, you know, your mind and your body are very connected and your emotions are very connected to your body, I believe. Um, your emotions can affect your organs, your heart, everything. So kind of just going back to, I keep saying fundamental, fundamental. It is, it's breathing. It just keeps us, it, it's what keeps us alive. And a quote that Deb usually says sometimes that sticks with me is, you know, when people say, oh, fake it till you make it. And, you know, you'll just, you know, put a smile on even if you're not happy and you get through the day. And she says, face it till you make it. Focusing on, you know, your body and how you're feeling and focusing on that to come up with a solution on how you can, you know, get back, get better and get over this hump or heal from a trauma, I think is necessary to kind of look at your your fundamental your body and your mind rather than just ignoring the issue or ignoring pain so sort of breathing helps you sort of be in the moment and face what you need to face instead of maybe ignoring it and saying i'll deal with it later let me breathe through it and find my my center to do that right just kind of focusing on the here and now and trying to calm down in the here and now, instead of just, you know, saying this is really hard right now, but you know, I'm just gonna not think about it. I'm gonna not intentionally try to figure out what's going on. I'm just gonna ignore it. For me personally, that has been a technique I have used. And I have realized after years of being that way that I have so many emotions and I have, you know, Times where I really just need to take a deep breath and it's so simple, but it really makes a big difference for me. And I feel more, I feel like I know myself more and I can, I know how to calm myself down. And like I said, self-regulate, it's like I said before, it's a really empowering thing to 
know that about yourself and have a way to like, okay, Christine, this is what we're going to do right now. And we'll be okay in five minutes. That's a really empowering thing. So for those of us who haven't practiced breath work and don't really know how to just turn it on in the moment when something stressful happens, do you have any advice for maybe where to start, maybe where to learn a little bit more about it? Yeah, so there's a ton of resources online. One resource that I use is, so with my stretch therapy, where I learned that therapy from is two couples who founded a stretch therapy technique. And Ashley, who is one of the founders of this stretch therapy technique, Ashley has a online membership. It's like a monthly membership. It's called Soul Stretch and it's $12.99 a month. And there are a lot of videos on different breathing techniques, meditations, self-guided stretch routines. And she has some breathing exercises that are really helpful for not only relaxation, but for, you know, releasing anger or if you feel like you need like a confidence boost or to just kind of get through get through obstacles or just kind of recenter. And she has some exercises where you use your body and your breath and you breathe to a beat or you use your hands to motion like in and out or things like that. But really just slowing down first. And then for me, if I'm feeling stressed in the moment and I don't have time to sit down and go through a whole exercise, I just take a deep breath and I exhale for as long as I can. And that's really helpful. I would say just kind of be open to how much you can learn about your body by just taking a second and just trying to calm down and not really focusing so much on your mind and your thoughts and trying to Um, Kind of like what we were talking earlier, kind of ignore those negative thoughts or ignore the stress that's right in front of you, but focus more on just your body rather than your mind and just inhaling with your belly and exhaling, really just trying not to pay attention so much to your mind, but more the body and just giving it what it needs. And sometimes it's just one deep breath that can be really helpful. Um, And sometimes you can take even five to 10 minutes and just focus on your breathing. It can be really, um, it could feel like a, a restart in the morning or the afternoon. So Christine, thank you so much. It's been great learning a little bit more about this and I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hi, Zach. Hey, Jamie. Welcome. Thank you for being here. I am here with Zach Ellis, and today we're going to be talking a little bit about his journey into meditation. And so, Zach, for those of the listeners who don't know you, could you tell us maybe um, what your position here is at Avalon Bay, where you live, and how long you've been with the company? I am the Portfolio Maintenance Director for San Diego County. Uh, I live in North San Diego County, city of San Marcos. And I'm coming up on my 10-year anniversary uh, will be May of next year. Wow, congratulations, 10 years. So today we're going to be talking a little bit about meditation. And some of the listeners on this podcast may not be that familiar with what it is. 
they may hear the word and um, feel fear immediately. So I was hoping before we jump in, maybe you could just give a brief description of, you know, what do you think meditation means? It's a big question in the sense that it means a lot to a lot of people, but I'll answer the question what it means to me, and it's very simple for me. For me, it's as simple as truly just shutting everything else out, just being relaxed and attentive, and giving 100% of your concentration to your breath, as simple as that. It's truly just shutting out the rest and giving your full attention to that, and as simple as that is, which was part of my reservations initially. it's really all it boils down to. How did you discover it or or what led you to it? Well, it was kind of an odd situation where I'm a bit of a documentary geek. If I'm watching television, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a documentary format. And I cut the cord this year on cable and picked up some streaming services and started delving into uh, what they had in offerings as far as uh, documentaries go. And I got on a big tangent on documentaries about human behavior and the human mind. And by coincidence, as I was watching these, meditation kept coming up and different studies on meditation and the effects it has on the human brain, how they've done brain scans on folks that have not meditated and after they have meditated the difference between non-meditators and then certainly where there's really dramatic differences in people that are experienced meditators that have been doing it for years. It's dramatic changes in how the brain communicates. And it just started intriguing me and it literally just kept coming up over and over again. So after like the fifth or sixth documentary where they're talking about this, and I think the tipping point for me on it was, uh, it was one that I never thought was going to be bringing up meditation. It was a really odd story about people that compete in uh, memorization tournaments. And they were interviewing one of the, uh, one of the world record holders on it. And out of the blue, she's like, well, there's only one way that is guaranteed that you can improve your performance, that everybody in this uh, competitive memorization uh, knows will work and that is meditation and it it was just like really really on top of everything else that I've been watching you know the one way that you can gain and improve your performance is is through meditation when it comes to memorization but some of it was really impactful with the changes that people have experienced and working with issues with anxiety seeing how they've rolled it into some schools that are challenged with kids in tough environments and brought meditation or mindfulness practices to those schools and some of the differences it's made in discipline issues and how the kids retain information it's just it was truly from a scientific angle that it it just clicked to me that there's no denying the value of this so the only question is are you going to do something about it it seems like the universe was trying all different ways to to get you to try this I, I'm not one that generally subscribes to such as that, but I would say that I did have that feeling that it was a little uh, ridiculous how much it kept popping up with, and the frequency of which and the compellingness of the arguments for it. So it sounds like you tried a few different types of meditations. So how did you decide or which one did you decide was the right type for you? 
Well, once I decided on kind of going with the provider, I guess you could say, I kind of went with an all-in plan where you could kind of have access to whatever they had. And so for a little while, I played with different things, just kind of poking my head in and seeing what was there. But one of the things that I liked that they offered was they have a program that's how to meditate. It's a 30-day program. So it's a session every day for 30 days, and it's a real introduction to it. it. It's something that I tired of after a while because it was so instructive that it was getting in the way of actually being able to. I'd already found the value and like, okay, can you hush now? I'd like to do this. So I moved away from that, but I would say it was highly valuable for that first week or so to have someone truly talk you through what's okay, what's normal, because obviously the, the real challenge in it is as simple as it is actually holding your attention on that and not having your mind wander is near to impossible at first, at least for me. And that's one of the reasons that though I've had a little exposure to meditation in the past, I just felt like typical, this is not for me because this is too hard. And what's the real value there? A lot of people think of it as I'm sitting on the floor in silence and that sounds horrible to me, but this is different. And I know that sometimes the meditation apps can provide you with, you know, like you said, the, the sound of falling rain, or there can be guided meditations where someone's actually talking you through it. So you're not all by yourself. Is there one that you prefer? For sure. Now, um, I would say I, I love the fact that I did the very instructive stuff, especially for the first few weeks, but I immediately started combining that with really what's Calms, I think they're bread and butter. They're most basic as they call their daily calm. But the lady who happens to do that, I, I really like her style of doing it. And so she is almost like ASMR <laughs> guiding you in. And then she shuts up and may check in with you once or twice. And then she guides you out and then has some inspirational story, inspirational quote, and you kind of wrap it up. And I found that for like my baseline, that is just the right fit for me. And then one of the things that I liked about Calm was there's always nature sounds in the back. So it's either waves crashing or a river flowing or, you know, rain falling. And that is my language. The, the whole nature aspect is key for me. So I would say that the, that's really what the apps bring is an ability to get there in a hurry. I, I tried to do it separately. I, I've since been able to, especially depending on setting, it's much easier. But as a beginner, it was almost impossible but if once I put these headphones on and literally when you open the, the Calm app, it immediately starts birds chirping and rain falling and all kinds of noise like that. It truly has a, like, it immediately like, okay, it's time now. And so by the time I get to which, whichever one I'm doing and get it going, I'm, I'm like in the right place mentally and it's so much easier to be able to get there. And then I love the, being able to be guided out and have it be something that you can kind of take with you through the day. I love that. How do you find time for this? When do you do it? You know, my advice would be to find a time you always do it and stick with it. And that's been my goal. That has not been my reality. Maybe not every single day, but on a general rule to where you can hold a schedule, so to speak. So I like to start my day with it, but usually not very start. I like to kind of get everybody going, get everybody else pushed out on their day. And then before I truly start my meat and potatoes day, then that's that's when I like to sit down and do it. And then I often like to do another session before bed just so that I can sleep well, just because it clears the mind, if nothing else. When it comes to just what this has done for you 
and, and how it's helped you. Would you mind talking a little bit about that? Yeah, here's what I would say. My favorite quote, it makes you about 10% better. Just generally, whatever you're doing, you're just about 10% better. It's not earth shattering. You're not going to be a whole different person, but 10% is significant. And it really feels like that's real. I know there's no real science behind that, but it, it hit and it's felt true. And I would say I've looked back at it since and say that it sounds true, that it's just a sense of emotional stability and feeling like I've got a lower center of gravity sense of balance that I don't, don't come off of that the same way. I mean, I'm generally a high performing individual and feel generally good and do well, but something that's always kind of vexed me is, is I could get, I'm an emotional person as well. And if I really get spun off center, it can take me off my game for days, maybe more. It was almost like an Achilles heel where I could just go out of service for a couple of days because I just got spun emotionally. And that's not to say that that won't happen, but that's not happened since I've been practicing. There's been times that it's been tried for sure in the last, you know, the last months. And that's been part of, I think, what's given me the feeling of so much value with it is through all that this year has brought, I feel like I've been more anchored than I would be even in just a normal year. When it comes to giving advice to people out there who might be a little bit intimidated by meditation, but they're interested in maybe trying it, what would you tell them? It's so worth it. There's nothing to be scared of, first of all. And I, I, first of all, let me say, I get it. Uh, it was not something that I was naturally comfortable with. In fact, I would say I was naturally uncomfortable with it. I think it just depends on the personality, but what I would say is you owe it to yourself to check it out and to know that there's so many different ways of approaching it and different resources out there as far as how you can go about it. It's not something that's highly structured or certainly needs to be by any means at all. So I would say the key is to find something that fits for you. So I would say make the commitment to check it out and just do some research and know how your brain works. For me, it had to be from a science-based approach and to know that there was absolutely measurable value here. But that may not be the case because there's a lot of other value that it offers. And I think, you know, find a way that it speaks to you. But what I would say is to make the commitment. I mean, it truly is 10 minutes a day to be a 10% better person. Joel Zach, thank you so much for your time. You've definitely inspired me to give it a try and hopefully many others. Thank you so much for having me. Hi everyone, this is John Cove, Senior Director of Benefits and Payroll. I wanted to remind you today that Vita Health, Avalon-based lifestyle coaching program, is available to you and your dependents completely free of charge. Vita's coaches can help you develop an exercise and or weight loss program, design a meal plan that works for you, provide resiliency coaching and stress management techniques, and even help you sleep better. To get started, visit vita.com slash Avalon Bay or search for the Vita Health app on the Apple App Store or Google Play. I'm here with Tony Weathers today, and we are going to be talking about her journey with mindfulness through art. Hi, Tony. Hi, how are you, Denise? Good. Thank you so much for being here today. Uh, for those of our listeners who don't know who you are, would you mind telling them just a little bit about your position here at Avalon Bay, maybe where you work, and also how long you've been with the company? Yes, of course. So thank you for having me. I've been with Avalon for four years. I am, I actually just started in the LA region, 
I'm a community manager. I originally came from the NJLI region. Um, so happy to be here and happy to be speaking with you. Welcome to California. It's great to have you here on the West Coast. Let's get started. Our topic today is mindfulness through art. And I think there are probably a lot of different ways that that could be described. And I was wondering, how would you describe that? Yeah, so mindfulness through art is really about you using your body and soul to paint a picture. Really just expressing yourself through art supplies, whether that be painting, drawing, any type of medium, but allowing yourself to show you through your artwork. It sounds like you have been an artist for quite some time. Could you talk a little bit about what led you to experimenting with art? Yes, yeah, so my grandma was actually an art teacher. So I got involved with art since four years old, just studying, like very traditional classroom setting. My grandma just wanted to get me into something since she was very passionate about it. I ended up falling in love with it. But for me, it was like, I didn't really enjoy the traditional classroom setting. Um, and instead, I really wanted to figure out a way that I could use art to just, you know, show how I was feeling about things. And that's when it was like, you know what, let me try different mediums. And for me, painting was the one I stuck with, although I was familiar with other forms of art. And once I started grabbing the paint, I transitioned from using a paintbrush to starting to use my fingers. And through that, I really was able to get a feel of just the canvas, the paint. And it was like, I realized, you know, I can use this to show what I'm feeling. So when you said that you used other, you experimented with other mediums, could you talk a little bit about what you tried before you found paint? Yeah, of course. So I used to do sketching a lot. So it was very traditional where I was looking at a still life, items in front of me, trying to see if I could draw those items. So, and the easiest way for me was to try to break it down in my mind as to simple shapes. And once I did that, it was easier for me to figure out how to create these things. So I'll give you an example. You know, I'm trying to paint an apple. The first thing I do is, instead of looking at it as an apple, I look at it as a circle. So I'm like, okay, so let me just start off with a little circle. Then I'm looking at it and I see, okay, there's a little indentation at the top. Let me start to make that. So, you know, start off very basic and then you just add to it. And eventually it turns into what you're looking for. I tried colored pencil, I tried pastels, I tried watercolor paint, oil paint, acrylic paint. There's so many different mediums. And, you know, I would say don't get discouraged if maybe you don't like the way your pastels are coming out. Try a different medium because for everybody, it's, it takes different type of work. Like for color pencil, if you're a very patient person, color pencil is probably for you. If you're like me, where I'm a little bit more fast-paced, I just want to get through it painting was great for me and acrylic paint specifically because you can move through it so quickly it dries very fast so you'll be finished very quickly so let's talk a little bit about how painting has has helped you at at work or at home you know we have this um this topic of mindfulness and how art has helped you you know, stay centered or maybe deal with some tough times. Can you tell us a little bit about how it's helped you? Yeah, so as a child, I was very shy. 
I really stuck to myself and using art really helped me find the words when I, when I couldn't formulate them with my mouth. I already had experience with art since, you know, four years old, but it wasn't until then when I really started to use it to express myself. You know, there would be times where I would be at home, pretty quiet, didn't know really what to do, and I would grab paint. And I started to use my fingers and walk through the canvas, and I had a lot of anger built up inside, as you could imagine. And I started throwing paint at the canvas, and I realized, like, that actually looks really good and I was like you know what let me keep let me keep doing this like and not only was it not only did it allow me to create a beautiful piece I felt like a sign of relief afterwards and it started to make it easier to talk to people and get back to myself and afterwards not only did I feel better I had beautiful pieces and it made me realize that I could, I could help people, like I could help people learn how to do this. And in 2017, I decided to, to actually create a business and teach art because I'm like, if this made me feel so good, it made me come so far. I'm sure this could help other people. And this year really proved it because I've experienced loss with COVID and, you know, just the transition from working from home, working on site and just the lack of that personalized attention with people and seeing your family and friends, you know, it's just another way to escape. How do you find time for your art? You know, the funny thing is you don't find time. You just have to make it. It's like I, besides Avalon, having my own business and doing other things on the side, I really can't ever find time to sit down and do art. But I'm like, you know what? I'm so stressed and overwhelmed. I need to take a break. I'm going to grab my artwork and I'm just going to sit here. And what you realize is it actually allows you to be more productive. When you actually take that break and get that sign of that side relief, it's just like now I can actually move at a faster pace to get through what I was trying to do. Because when you're overwhelmed, you start to slow down and you're not productive. So taking that break is really important. So let's talk a little bit about resources. And I know you said you've been teaching for a little bit right now. And for for those of us like me who do not think of themselves as, as artists and the word art kind of scares me, what are some of your favorite resources or maybe places to start for for people who just don't do it right now? Yeah, so I'm big on YouTube. Nowadays, you can find anything online. You literally put in the search field, want to learn how to paint. There are so many. Put in beginner painting. You know, if you have, if you've never looked at a canvas, never looked at paint or drawing or whatever medium you want to start up with, you can take so many beginner classes for free and it will give you the basic tools you need just to start. Don't be scared. Just dive right in. I'm telling you, the more you let loose, the better it is. So when it comes to your, your students and maybe some of the things that they struggle with and, and getting started, you know, are there any additional tips or uh, advice that you have for them? Yeah. So usually with my classes, I start off with the picture. I show them the completed picture. Well, what it's going to look like when we get to the end. 
and we're starting from scratch and people are like, what? That's what it's going to look like? And I'm like, yes, trust me, don't worry. We go step by step. You know, we, we don't look at it as a whole. We break it down and eventually it's going to turn into this. And I'll tell you, the people's faces, they look like there's no way. And by the end, they're like so happy that they were able to get this picture. So it's just in your mind, you start off small and you expand. You just break it down first and then expand. And like I said, there's so many resources online that you can use that will show you how to do that. And then it just becomes natural. Was there anything else that you'd like the beginner artist to know? I think that's really it. I just can't emphasize enough to just not be afraid of it and just really have fun because it can be very, very um, helpful. Um, It's just really good for meditation. And I recommend just trying different mediums. Do not give up because everybody, you'll find the one that works best for you. I will tell you, I, I don't actually really like drawing that much. I will do it. I'm good at it. But it's not really for me. I'd rather just paint on a canvas and, and go from there. You know, so you'll find the one that works for you. And once you do, trust me, it's going to be the best thing you ever did. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on this episode of the Speak Up by Avalon Bay podcast. We hope this empowers you to speak up, too. If you have comments you'd like to share or topics you would like to suggest, you can send them to us at our email, speakuppodcast at avalonbay.com. Stay tuned for our next episode, where our topic will be navigating work and home as a single parent. Thank you. All statements expressed on this podcast are those of the participants only and not of Avalon Bay communities. Avalon Bay and the Women's Leadership Network reserve all rights to this podcast and its contents. This podcast is copyrighted and may not be reused or rebroadcast without permission.